listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. Hello and welcome to Two Guys, One Cup Summer Edition. I'm Charlie Clawson and this is my club, the series where I sit down with some well-known Aussies to chat to them about the clubs they love and sometimes hate. And my guest this week, you might know him from his roles in Heartbreak High and Neighbours. If you're a real TV nerd, you might know that he's moved successfully behind the camera. It is Scott Major. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, mate. It's an absolute honour and a pleasure. Well, I knew when I had to get someone on to talk about the Bulldogs that it would have to be you because when we first met, I think it was during Neighbours or, 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 you know. Yeah, I think so. We did a little crossover section during that Yeah, time. that's right. And I think it was the 2009 elimination final in which you, very kindly, because I could not get a ticket, you had managed <laughs> to score a couple of tickets and you, uh, you very generously took me along as your guest. And I imagine... Uh, that was a terrible night for you. But you were in- it was so terrible. It was so horrible. I mean, that whole period, you know, getting to the prelim finals and just losing and losing and losing and losing. Well, it all fixed itself in 2016. And as someone who does a podcast with a avowed doggy supporter, I, yes. I am just filled with envy. Um, what was it like? I've heard Will's perspective, but from your point of view, barracking for a club like the Saints that only had one flag until that time, what was that yeah. 2016 period like for you? It, it was it was crazy. I mean, look, we got close the, the year before and the, the, what Bevo brought to the club was this opportunity of maybe it might happen. Maybe it might happen. And, and I, I literally, I'm, you know, not an old man, I'm not a young man, but I literally accepted the fact that I probably would never see my team in a grand final or win a grand final. Like, it was just an accepted thing. So when we started getting close and when we got to the grand final, I, 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 I was just I was just full of so much joy and and, and and it didn't matter what happened. I think, and look, I'm totally one-eyed, but I think possibly the whole football community felt it. And I think they will again with the Saints. I mean, we've had, like, the doggies come up and then Richmond got up and we didn't think they'd do that. So, yeah, that's right. But... You know, I, I'm an MCC member and a Doggies member and, like, I, I camped out at 3 a.m. in the morning to get the ticket at the MCG and the, the crowd was, you know, there. And we got let in, I think, 7 a.m. So we go in there and we get our seat and I'm four rows from the front in the pocket. And I'm like, right, okay. So I got back on my motorbike, I drove home and I had a bit of a rest before going back to the grand final. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I didn't even have much. I, I think I had one beer at uh, before the game, one beer at, Half time, and I just because I wanted to experience the entire, um, the entire thing and remember everything that happened, and yeah, the, the whole 2016 period, and, and even still today, you know, the Bevo era mm. for me has been a very exciting one, and one that you know is full of uh, 
full of hope and dream, and just and just the culture at the club, the culture that is now there. You know, we don't we don't take the community center their building there. We don't, uh, you know, I think they've ruled out all money that they get from alcohol or gambling. And that, to me, is just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Bevo's influence on that club is huge. And I love Bevo as, like, a personality. I know he rubs some journalists the wrong way with his kind of cryptic answers. And, you know, he likes to sort of set a philosophical bent for each season and stuff. But that's the kind of personality I think you need at a club filled with impressionable young men. And I do love the way, and this is nothing against, like, you know, Jake Stringer or anything like that. But Bevo sort of said it's my way or the highway. We have certain expectations. And when Stringer, who was like an incredibly talented footballer at your club, was not meeting those expectations, Bevo was very open about the fact that we just, you know, we're going to move you on. We're going to move you to another club because this is what I expect. I think like... Bevo really should be a Saints coach. Like he was actually at the oh, Saints when he got, his dad was our chief recruiter for like 25 years. He played for us. I know he played for the Bulldogs. And he was working and he played for Melbourne too. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. And he was but he was working at the Saints. Like he came in in some administrative role when the dogs poached him. But I think St Kilda always earmarked him um for bigger things. But now St Beads is Bayside too, you know. Yeah. St Beads club that he played. That's right. Uh, he coached. That's right. But yeah. I, but I think but I think he is just like I could see him like a Sheedy, like a Clark or whatever, you know, premierships aside, just in terms of like his influence on the club. And you're right. Like the amazing thing after 2016, because I was at the grand final, I went with Will and I sat. So was I. Well, I mean, how was, how was the noise at that grand final? Like how was the. <laughs> it was amazing. And the relief. It was just ridiculous. The relief, like sitting amongst all the kind of Bulldogs faithful, you know, in that last two minutes. I remember because I went, I, I knew that you had it in the bag. So. I went down the bottom of the stairs and got my phone out and just did like a panning shot across all these Bulldogs fans when the siren went and just the release. Like, how could you not be moved by that? How, if you have any inkling of what the Bulldogs have been through or what it means to follow a club that is not one of the big four, a club that doesn't traditionally win these things, that went no. into this game as a massive underdog. Like there was just so much romance about it. And then everything that happened after that in terms of, well, now sponsors are flocking to the Bulldogs. And yeah, the Witten Oval had that $13 million upgrade. And like, it, it's just such a great story because you think about, you know, it's not just a, a trendy moniker, like the Western Bulldogs. They're the, they are the sons of the West. Like they are as authentic yeah. a footy club as you get. And that's why I love the rivalry you have with GWS because <laughs> two more opposite clubs could not exist. Like, you know, yeah. GWS, yeah, they're the West Sydney, but they have had every advantage that the Bulldogs never got. You know, yeah. they are they are the kind of um, golden child of the AFL. But I love that rivalry. What does that rivalry mean to you? Look, for, for me, I remember where I was when we won that preliminary final. One of the best prelims ever. <laughs> And to, 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 to make it in the 2016 grand final. And whatever, I'm sure if I was a GWS supporter, I'd love Toby Green. <laughs> um, but I'm not, so I hate him. Um, and he might be a lovely man. I don't know. But as a footballer, as a one-eyed footballer, I'm just like, you know, this is not right. So when someone shows a bit of mongrel and someone shows a bit of, you know, in and out, like the old Libba did, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I guess 
I just love beating them. Yeah. I, I, we, we've, we've never had the, you know, the, the Collingwood Carlton or the, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> whatever. We've never had that kind of rivalry before, really, because we've everyone's everyone like, oh, the poor doggies. Yeah, yeah. Give us a pat on their head. Or, you know, well, it's everyone's favorite second team. So, and it's real too. Like, I've got mates who work at the Bulldogs and I text them after a GWS game and it always feels extra special when they beat the Giants. And again, like, that's another thing. That sort of adds to the the Bulldogs' um, a graduation, I guess, or their maturity as like a, 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 a what do you call it? Like a a main event club is that they have a rivalry because you yeah, know other- before it was that they had no rivalry because everyone was like, oh well, it's an easy <laughs> game, it's an easy win, it's a, it's a, it's a W, yeah, most likely. So do you feel like, and you know, I don't know if you've been reading much of the press over the last like you know six months or so, that the Bulldogs are kind of, I feel like the Bulldogs are being underestimated. There's a lot of people who are kind of writing the doggies off because of the the fall off the perch from the grand final. And last year, you just never really got it going. Now look at who you've brought in and I'm like, I think the doggies are going to be fine. You've always been spoilt for midfield and Josh Dunkley's gone, but that's okay. I mean, that's probably the one position you can cover. But you've got Sam Darcy who's coming through. You've brought in Rory Lobb. It's always been talked about you don't have enough tools. You send Josh Bruce back where he started at GWS and at the Saints. I actually think that people are sleeping on the doggies this year. I, 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 I Look, I'm totally one. I know absolutely. <laughs> you don't have good. to keep I, saying that. It's called my club. <laughs> people expect it. Um, no, I, I really believe. Like, I don't think we've had a forward line since Beasley. You know, Barry Hall for a short for a short period of time. But Simon Beasley was the one time we'd have something down the front end to, yeah. to kick to. I, and uh, look, we've got Jamara Hagen. We've mm. got and we've got a lot of guys coming up and coming through. I, I really believe this is our year. I believe. I believe. Mm. I, sounds like I'm a preacher. I believe. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that we did get affected by COVID. We were on the road a lot. That 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 grand final at Optus Stadium, mm. like it, we, we had just got there. We just creeped over the line, and we were never in with a shot. Oh, really. Hang on. I mean, we, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That, you, that, now this is where I have to pull you off on your one hardness. You had that game in the bag halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It looked like I was convinced the Bulldogs were going to get a a second flag, and then you just got steamrolled. And I do think there is. I I think, but I think that's. I think that was that was the 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 hours on the road. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We had nothing to come back from. We had nothing to come back from. We'd been to Queensland. We'd been to Sydney, Queensland, Perth, Queensland, back to Perth again. It was like, come on, guys. Yeah, but that's what the doggies do. They're the bottom boys. They have to finish in the bottom part of the eight. I'm allowed to give an excuse for us losing the grand final, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I also think, too, that psychologically, like, you know, I know better than anyone, when your team loses a grand final, the next year there's always a bit of a lag because I think um, Nick Revolt spoke about it once where he said, you know, it requires so much, you know, belief and focus to kind of get yourself to a grand final and you put everything on the line and then you don't get it. Well, the doubt starts to creep in. It's like, well, I sacrificed everything. I pushed myself to the absolute limit and we still didn't get there. Can we back it up for a second year? Do you think there was anything of that in 2022? Definitely, but I also think I also think that there was a transition for some players. Some players didn't want to be there. Maybe like, you know, I mean, Dunkley wanted to leave twice. <laughs> Uh, you know, he wanted to go to, uh, you know, Essen, and then, so yeah. it doesn't mean that he hated the club or, you know, and I'm, and I'm and I'm thankful for every game that he ever played for us. 
but it's obviously someone who's not in that spirit of the 2016 mm. that made us win, you know, of we're all in, we're all one club. But I think our hangover was bigger in 2017 from winning than it was from losing in 2021. Did you not make the finals in 2017? I can't remember. We, you... I, I think... Oh, I can't. I think there was honest, some strange. I think. I think 27, 2017, yeah. we didn't. It was a stat that was with the first <laughs> team right. in years to win the grand final <laughs> and then not make the finals the next year. I think that's yeah, yeah. That, that rings a bell now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously blocked <laughs> from my brain. Um, good compartmentalization. But then I think we made like finals for, for like three years, but we'd mm. get to first round. You know, elimination, elimination. Um, before coming back up. And that was a big rebuild. I mean, you brought it up before with the Stringer going and Dale House and like oh, you know, all these all these premiership players who were who'd bought in on or drank the Kool-Aid, mm. bought in on the dream that Bevo would yeah. come in with. I mean, in 2015, we got yeah. really close too. I was at that game as well um, against Adelaide. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we got really close. That, that was the year we had the momentum too. I think it's great to get up, not make it, and then come back in 2016 to get there. Yeah. I mean, do you think there is an element too of – it's that tall poppy syndrome. Like we love an underdog in, you know, in, not just in sporting terms, but just culturally in Australia. And so the doggies kind of got that flag. It's kind of like the demons as well. They got the flag. All right. Well, we're happy for you, but now fuck it. Like you're back with the rest of the pack. No pun intended about the dogs back with the pack, but there is this kind of it like, you know, there's shinier things to look at now that, you know, the way the cats put their premiership list together, you know, the tigers obviously had their dynasty run, but I do sort of feel like, I think, I think about, we're all just happy that Hawthorne doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you also look at, I mean, on the point of Hawthorne, like they got their first, they jagged their first one in 2008 and then their three-peat didn't happen until, what, 20, 2013. They didn't start till 2013. So the Bulldogs felt like they were ahead of schedule, Bevo's second year as coach. So maybe this is, I I am a big I'm a big believer in the Bulldogs this year. I just, I just looked at your list before we jumped on and I'm like, gee, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm, I don't understand the kind of knock on Rory Lobb. It's like you said, you haven't really had a full forward. Rory Lobb is a good, tall target who can pinch hit in the ruck. And Sam Darcy's, you know, he'll he'll need to chop out at some point. Yeah, and 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 Aaron Norton. I mean, the astronaut yeah, is doing some great, some going, doing some great things. Yeah. And and like Darcy's young, and it's going to take a while to come up. There's no doubt. But just his reading of the ball, his knowledge of football knowledge. Like, sure, he's going to get beaten around, and once he gets a bit of attention, he's probably not going to be, you know, but but still, he's 205 yeah. and still growing. Yeah. So when he puts his hands up, not a lot of people can stop it, even if they are tagging him, you know, that's that's the thing. But he's reading of the ball, he's punching, his his football smarts, obviously, from his dad and, yeah. well, from his, you know, family in general. Yeah. He is ahead of the game. He's not, he's still going to take a while to come up, but ahead of the game. And Jamara Ugal Hagen, I mean, yeah. I mean, that game last year was at around 20 or something where he kicked those five goals. And it's like, yeah. and everyone, because again, everyone was knocking Bevo for not playing him, holding him back. And I just reckon that's the smart play. Young talls, you don't want to throw them to the wolves. That's what happened to Jack Watts, you know, that yeah. you, you've got to kind of nurse him through and just make him earn his spot. And I think Jamara, I read a, or heard a, a, an interview he did over the summer where he admitted that he probably didn't have the right attitude coming into it. You know, he was a dominant junior. He thought it was all just going to come easy. And then, you know, he realized that how, what it means to be a professional athlete. And I think that only happens with a leader like Bevo or with, you know, the Bont, which, oh, I mean, you want to talk about like well, sliding doors, taking Jack Billings at number three and the Bulldogs take <laughs> Bont at number four. 
I mean, Jack's a nice player, but he's no Bont. Yeah. Well, well, this is the thing too. On, on our 2023 season and why we're going to be such a huge success. Um, I, think, <laughs> I love I think, it. I think, I think the Bont is back too. I think I think he's had enough time over the break to a few little niggles here and there. Yeah. Um, I think he played with quite a lot from what I've heard last yeah. year. You can just tell um, by watching the games. He was, yeah, he was that's right. Because usually, you know, when the Bont gets it, everything goes in slow motion. But mm. it was he was he was back at the level of the rest of the pack. And it was like, oh, that's not normal. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's. Uh, I've seen some training footage. I've been watching it quite closely. And he looks like he's moving really well. I'm interested though, Scott, have you always had this kind of one-eyed optimism or is it only the 2016 flag and this list that has made you so, no pun intended, bullish about the Bulldogs? It's definitely given me, well, as I said at the start of the podcast, I, I never believed we'd ever win a flag. Right. But I always go in positive. Like, I, okay, so my my supporting way is I never abuse the other team. I'm always positive about supporting my team. And I, when I'm at the game, I never Hang swim. on. <laughs> Aren't you the guy who said, I hate Toby Green? So but you, you hate Toby Green, but you'd never admit it? Oh, no, no, no. What I would have mean, I, I won't yell out at a ground, you stupid, okay. you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, won't, I won't do that. I won't, I won't do that. You'll just think, sit down quietly, stupid. Ooh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that mongrel. Or, you know, something like that to myself. <laughs> But it won't be a yell and abuse and all, all, all that kind of thing. Like, uh, oh, you got to do right it, there. mate. It feels great. Just let it out. Just, <laughs> just once, once in your life, let it out. Maybe in the lounge room at home, but not at the okay. game. Not at the game. You know. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, Gee, that Rivers is a prick on TV and in real life as well. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, we we have that responsibility um, uh, in the public eye sometimes. <laughs> not that anyone would know who the hell I am anymore, but that's all right. Um, Yes, I've got. To, I've got. You, you, you talk about your the, the other podcast you do with Will and a mad yeah. bulldog supporter. One of my most embarrassing moments as a doggy supporter was Lemo had Lemo had a job on Neighbours and he was coming on, and I was still acting on the show at that point. So him and I got chatting and started talking. We talked footy. We talked footy, and he had a radio show that he said he got me on live and said Brad Johnson's on for his last game. Can you come in and just you know say good day? And then I got in there. And I froze so hard that I had nothing. And Lemo's trying to push me along going, so your favourite John O moment? I'm like, um, uh, uh, I don't, uh. And, I, and then I said this really stupid thing was, you know, if you have one more game, if we get into the final, you will have played 365 games, which is the same as a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just the stupidest thing. And then obviously Lemo's gone into his phone and quickly rung Will Anderson and gone, can you save this? <laughs> and so got Will on to actually talk to Jono about the, you know, some of some of the games that were going on because I'd blown it that hard. But in my defense, I heard last year Eddie Maguire interviewing Brad Johnson and he came out with, do you know, if you had to play one more game, you would have played a full year. <laughs> I think it wasn't that stupid. <laughs> It is funny too, isn't it? How like I was I talked to Will about this on our other podcast, Tofot, where I was saying, you know, after um the draft this year, I jumped online and I was looking at the highlights of all these like draftees, and I was like, this is a bit weird, isn't it? Like I'm a 45-year-old man. <laughs> I'm just watching all these videos of these teenage boys Running exercising around. essentially. <laughs> and I was like, Do you think I'll ever grow out of it? But uh, that's what makes footy so great is I think it is a legitimate way for like grown men to still be like maybe grown men who don't normally access that kind of fanboy side of themselves. Like you do get excited 
about like, you know, this young kid who could potentially like make your dreams come true in a, in a sporting sense. Like I remember when I met Paddy McCartan, you know, when he was our number one draft pick and I just, I was, you know, in my late thirties at the time, but he was enormous. Yeah. And I remember sort of shaking his hand and it was like sort of grabbing a whole bunch of bananas, like shaking his hand and, and just thinking this guy is just like a genetic freak. Like there is no way he's not going to be our next premiership <laughs> captain. <laughs> just goes to show how you can get things wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I literally, I will cancel anything to watch the footy, like whether it be a, a, a meeting for work or anything like that, because it is my, it, it, it is my three hours or whatever it is that I can just get involved with something. It's almost a flow state in a way, yeah. you know. I can just be there and present and watching it and it goes back to this gladiator style. Go on, get the ball. Go on, get the thing. And it's just, it's really, really, uh, I think it's a release. I think it's a, mm. it's a it's a pressure valve in a busy lifestyle to be able to just be almost, it's not base level, It's but it's, but it's, it, it's, just watching these people compete on the ground and and it was something you love and I think you know you know I, I think AFL does it in a coliseum. <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, well, I'm interested to know what kind of a so you, you will watch games live because personally, I sometimes I just can't take the stress and I will tape a game or I'll start like. I won't start watching until a quarter's elapsed so I can fast forward when we don't have the ball because I get too stressed watching the game or sometimes. If it's a real like important game, I'll just ignore everything and I'll just wait for my phone to start buzzing because amongst my friends, I'm the designated St Kilda supporter. Yeah. And so I can gauge from the amount of texts I'm getting <laughs> if it's like, generally if it's more text than not, things are going well because uh, people are like, you know, patting me on the back and stuff, like as if I've had anything to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But are you like that? Can you, can you, or can you watch a game, you know, live and, and, and be fine? Yeah, so I'm sort of the opposite to you. Right. I have to watch it live because if I hear anything or I, then I, I feel like I, I will have missed uh, either the, the joy or the, or the heartbreak. Um, right. I had, and I wouldn't, I don't say, never say never, but very rarely will I ever leave the game early. Yeah, uh, I, I believe I, in that. You can't, I mean, I sat, I mean, I've been to every losing, four losing grand finals. Yeah, right. And I've sat through every one of them. I mean, Collingwood <laughs> were pump, pumping us by 10 goals and I sat there with that Collingwood oh. ringing around. I mean, that's a thing because I remember Will saying uh, after 2016, oh, look, you know, there had, there'd been no grand finals in my lifetime. Then there's just been one. The one grand final I've gone to when my team's playing, we win. Yeah. And that's amazing. But now you've had the opposite experience. You weren't there in person. No. But you saw them lose a grand final. What was that like? Would you say one, the joy of one was equaled by the crushing, you know, sorrow of the other? I guess I'm really good at compartmentalizing because I, I the, the, the heartbreak of that day, I don't really remember. I do right. remember us being up and I remember the joy of like halfway through the third, I think we were like 28 points up, weren't we? Or something like that. Yeah. 38. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, we're, we're a shot here, but then the demoralizing next quarter and a half. Yeah, well, they kicked nine unanswered goals from that point on. <laughs> they just went berserk, the demons. And, and, and I think, I think if it was close, I would have felt the heartbreak more. Yeah. Right. But because it was such a, a flogging in the end. It was literally a flogging in the end. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. It's kind of like a force of nature. What it, It's not like, you know, the toe poke with, you know, Matthew Scarlett or the bounce of the ball with Stephen Milne where it's like, well, that's just cruel. Yeah. That's just cruel. If you aren't good enough, you're not good enough. So I guess that makes sense. And 
you only you only have to go back five years and you know you guys want a flag so i guess that makes it a little bit easier yeah and i still and i still have hope for the future like i think i think someone told me one of my football mates probably just trying to you know poke me but said that the you know, the bevo was out or you know the doggies weren't happy with bevo or something like that and and that nearly crushed me because I, I really yeah. i really am such a bevo fan and i really do believe if we get to get another flag within the next five years, it has to be with him. Yeah. With five to 10 years, really, it has to be with him. He signed up for another, I think he signed up to 2028 or something like that, or 2026. Yeah, five-year deal. It would be a brave, like, CEO to sack Bevo. I mean, oh, right. as we've talked about previously on this podcast, the thickest neck in the AFL. <laughs> like, the dude looks like a power lifter. He rides his skateboard into work. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, he's, he's, a, he's an unpredictable cat. I, I wouldn't be messing with him. Well, I've, I've heard a story about a, a football trip in Bali that went that, that he took on, and it, it's all probably rumour and gossip, but I'm but yeah. happy to perpetuate it. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Uh, yeah, it took out, like, like, you know, a couple of really, really big footballers <laughs> and just took yeah, them both could, on. <laughs> you could believe it. Yeah. I mean, he just, looks like, he just looks like that kind of guy you wouldn't mess with. So with this year, is there like a, I know you're saying, do you think you can win it? But is there a, so we know what your pass mark is. What will be a, a failure? Like, is it just not making finals at all? Or is it not making the top four? Like you, I've been the underdog for so many years. So it's easy for me to defer to the majority of my life. But for the next season, for 2023, I guess ultimately, yeah, I would be disappointed if we didn't make finals. I'd be stoked to get top four because every time we get into the finals, it's usually just in the bottom and we just play yeah. ourselves to the end. Not, not Look, I'm, I'm still, I don't know, sometimes the week off doesn't help if you've got momentum. Uh, the semifinal against Fremantle it was almost a carbon copy of the grand final the year before. You're in the West, you're just all over them. Like it looked like Bulldogs by how much yeah, in that yeah, first yeah. half and then you ran out of steam. So... Although we still laud the bottom boys, you know, starting from the bottom part of the eight, maybe to give yourselves a chance, you've just got to finish in the top four. Yeah. Stop all the travel. I mean, I mean, when, okay, so who do you think uh, our biggest – I mean, Geelong's looking Geelong. dynamite. Yeah, Melbourne. Richmond. I think Richmond are going to have a bounce-back year with the draftees they've brought in, the two guys from GWS, and Brisbane. I mean, of Brisbane, course, Brisbane yeah. has sort of been around – I mean – Collingwood, fuck, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of teams that could jump up. I think there's a few, like, footy nerds I follow on Twitter, and I think the general rule is that one team drops out of the eight, one team comes in every year. So I guess it's just, like, who's the most vulnerable Who's the most vulnerable team that played finals last year? It's hard to know. Well, I mean, you, you, from what you said earlier on, you're saying it's the doggies. People are saying it's the doggies. Well, that's what the yeah, that's what the mate, that's what I feel like the consensus is is the Bulldogs are vulnerable. I don't think they are. I, I just I just think they had an off year last year. Their captain was carrying an injury. They had to move some pieces around. You didn't really have a back line. Like you sort of, you know, Josh Bruce was coming back for a knee knee Rico. We got McLean back too. Yeah. And obviously Bailey Smith had his issues last year as well. So he's had an uninterrupted preseason. So who knows? And what a gun he is. I mean, what a what a yeah. gun. If you've got if you've got him firing, the bond firing, Toby McLean running off the back, you've got Richards as well. I mean, he's yeah. coming into his own. He had, you know, another breakout year last year. Caleb Daniel wasn't on um, you know, had a lot of injuries. Like I, I think that back yeah. line that you mentioned, we've got back. And now we've just added a forward line to it. We've always had depth in the midfield. Yeah, and you've cleared out a little bit of dead wood as well. No, I mean, not dead wood, that's probably unfair, but like Shaki kind of never really sort of did what you needed him to do is that sort of 
third tall option and uh, Hunter, who I always think <laughs> always looks permanently surprised in the footy field. Have you noticed his <laughs> eyes? Are, like his, whenever he's got the ball, his oh, eyes are oh, always oh, like oh. this. And I think maybe they got rid of him just because he was putting his team <laughs> Stop, like those big dinner plate oh. eyes, mate. Just stop it. Like, you've, been, you've played over 100 games. You should be used to it, by Yeah, now. it's the ball you catch. Hey, Margaret, you know, you, you kick it off to one of your teammates. Yeah, I mean, look, that was that was a, that was a, like, you know, you know, Wallace went, Hunter went. There's a few things that I'm a bit. Yeah, the Mitch Wallace one was a bit sad. It was actually, really sad. I think he's a, like, you know, because he's a father's son as well, right? Um, and, and I think that he just, when he broke his. Geez, a breaking your leg in AFL is just oh man, it's so hard to come back from. And he and he acquitted himself quite well last year, but he just sort of knew he wasn't the same player. And especially in that midfield too, like they tried to reinvent him as like a like a what a um, running defensive forward, forward. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. De defensing forward, sort of a little guy that could still kick a goal, but yeah, defensive forward, yeah, play him on the wing a, for a, a bit shame. too, and yeah, it didn't really didn't really work there. It's not for the faint of heart footy, unfortunately. Well, like, what's the other guy know, who broke his leg? It was the ex-doggies went to Richmond, um, Nathan. Oh, uh, Nathan Brown. Yeah. Ugh, one of the worst breaks in history. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. And he Can he I... was he was gun, gun, gun. Yeah. He's still great later in his career, but he was nothing after It's that. not the same. No. Yeah. So, Scott, um, in Two Guys, One Cup fashion, mm. uh, we ask our guests to rank their, uh, their, their 2023 prediction to rank their team either top six Middle six or bottom six? I feel like I know what you're going to say, but let's just go through the, go uh, the, the mental process. exercise. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So where do you see the dogs finishing in 2023? Top six. Top six, yeah. Although in saying that, in saying that, we have finished eighth for every time, seventh or eighth any time we've got close. Yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like you can't have uh, the same year that you had last year. I mean, like we've covered already, there's a million reasons why it took them so long to get going. But I think that they need to actually, I'd, I'd like to see my wish for the dogs is a more assertive kind of like just ruthlessness. Yeah. Like we've had the kind of scrappy little underdogs who, you know, the little engine that could, we know that narrative. Now it's time for them just to come out and just be like just ruthless, just like those kind of Hawthorne teams of the early 2010s and yeah. just dismantle. That would be amazing. Do you know, do you know what – the one thing we don't do very well at all is beat Geelong, at all. Yeah. I think it's like well, nine, that's... nine or ten years. <laughs> not on your own there. Oh, I know, but nine or ten years at, at 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 Cardinia Park, not a win, or you know, and it's there have been our bogey team, even if we've been above them on the ladder and all that kind of thing. So I think if we can get a Geelong win early on in the season, that that will really set us up with a bit well, of belief. Well, you know, the last team to beat Geelong. No, who was that? <laughs> oh, the Saints. The Saints. <laughs> at, at round eight last year. It was probably our best win for the year. And then, boo, all downhill from then on, as is often the story in a Saints season. Yeah, right. Did no one else beat Geelong for the rest of the year? No, they went undefeated, 14 games or something undefeated. See, I blocked I that know. out too. Uh, can you believe it too? Like, <laughs> there's just certain clubs that I look at and like the Swans, like Geelong. I think I I was I, I wrote an article for a, a website the other day about um, – you know, the the, the preseason. And I was saying how, like, for, for Saints supporters, preseason is the best time of the year because it's just like, it's all possibilities, it's all yeah. potential, you know, and you can imagine maybe, just maybe we can we can snag it this year. But if you're a Hawthorne supporter, on average, just wait three to five yeah. years because on average in the modern era, that's how often they snag a flag. And I'm like, you bastards. Yeah. Imagine having that, just knowing. It must just put you in such a good frame of mind. <laughs> Yeah, but then you know, the, then you look you look at like Essen and, and Carlton. They well, in the eighties they would have gone. We're always going to win one. 
Yeah. We're always yeah. going to win one. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, all the best to the doggies for 2023. And uh, yeah, let's hope that with that tall timber, finally the dogs can get their third premiership. Easily. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. We are two guys, one car.